With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome back to The Hit Show. My name is Danny Russell. I am the managing editor of DRaysBay.com. And we have the OG lineup on. Darby Robinson. Hello, Darby. Hello, Danny. And Brett Phillips. How you doing? I'm doing great. How about yourself? Uh, you know, we have much to be thankful for as Tampa Bay Rays fans. Uh, not really the previous week of baseball, but, you know, today wasn't uh, the horror story that I think might have been anticipated when uh, the Rays penny-pinched Charlie Morton and he left the organization. Um, today could have been another day for penny pinching and it wasn't so hey you know something to feel good about yeah you know it is what it is i definitely felt like today's non-tender deadline uh it's kind of like at the end of the horror movie when you can see the slasher coming and coming and coming and then at the end of the movie this movie it ended up just being like a, a wet fart nothing really happened and the everyone who uh was up for a new uh contract got one in that case so that was actually kind of a pleasant surprise yeah, there were uh, seven players. Uh, Darby, did you expect all seven to make it? Yes and no. Like, I feel like there's always some – this year I think uh, I was a little bit more afraid because there was all this talk about, like, the bloodbath that the whole non-tender deadline would be. So I thought, like, oh, maybe there would be a little bit extra. Um, but no, when we, like, kind of looked down, you know, if we read JT's article, it made a pretty good case where, like, everybody should probably be captain you know maybe maybe you see a trade with some guys like Wendell or uh later on but really everybody you know keep their contract and then see see where it shakes out the rest of the offseason so no real surprises that they kept everybody um but it was sort of that idea that this year in particular it was going to be a slaughterhouse and it really didn't kind of turn out that way there was some surprising ish surprising adjacent cuts but Honestly, this was uh, not as much of a horror show across the league in the non-tender deadline than I think a lot of people anticipated. So for the Rays, mm-hmm. you know, they just kind of said, you know, keep everybody, seemed like an easy decision and, and keep, kept everybody but one. Uh, but, you know, that was a more minor move with Ed, Ed Garcia. Yeah, thinking about across the baseball landscape, it was a horror show if you were one of the top prospects like five years ago. <laughs> Because <laughs> there are plenty of uh, <coughs> that that haven't worked out. David Dahl has been cut loose. Chichi Gonzalez, Albert Almora, uh, Carlos Rodon, who uh, could never get healthy for the White Sox. Uh, Kyle Schwarber is, is loose. Can uh, he Michael still Franco. catch? Can he catch? Uh, Can Schwarber catch? Because I could pick him up. I mean, could I'm pretty sure the Cubs are were rolling with <laughs> Schwarber in the outfield, which uh, boggles my mind. They the, the Cubs had a DH and still chose to put Kyle Schwarber in the outfield. Oh well. Um, so there's there's plenty of interesting names. Adam Duvall got cut by the uh, by the Braves, the Reds, 
and, and Rockies stick out in my mind. They cut catchers. And so I, I think that really should bring us back around because I, so let's name the seven real quick. Alvarado um, probably is only getting paid a million bucks. He was a former closer. He's a high leverage pitcher, even though he was injured during the playoffs. Um, he made some meaningful outs against the Astros. So he's not worthless. We know that you keep him for a million dollars and you should. Yanni Chirino survives. Uh, he's probably getting paid at least $3 million over the next two years and uh, is recovering for Tommy John. Uh, under a normal circumstance, yes, you absolutely keep a starter who's recovering from Tommy John. That's your Alex Cobb lesson. But in a pandemic, it totally would not have surprised me to see uh, the D-bag move of cutting him, if you will. Uh the Yarbrough, Glasnow, Choi, Wendell, no surprises that those were kept. Uh, and, and the other fascinating case is Manuel Margot. And I edited JT's piece and we had a good conversation about this. But uh, there are three players dedicated to one position that combine for $15 million on the roster right now. And that's center field. Something has got to give. Because that's something like 25% of the Rays' budget is going straight to one position, and you don't need three people to handle that. So I'm a little surprised Margot is still around. It tells me a trade is still coming. Yeah, waiting on what happens to Kevin Kiermaier, I think will be the story of the offseason for this Rays team. Um, you know, as much as I don't want to see him go and don't think that he should go, I certainly think that – a team like the Rays that really focuses on on you know, those marginal dollars and those marginal wins, it's a shame. But Kevin Kiermaier might be pricing himself out as a Rays center fielder, which again, I, I hate to see it, especially when you have a guy when you got like Manuel Margot and and Brett Phillips, who at this point doesn't have an option. It just seems like some someone's you, you said it best, Danny, something's got to give. And I, I just, the way the Rays have operated make me think that Kevin Kiermaier is the thing that's got to give. Well, and, you, and we saw today the one, the besides being a 2015 first round pick, uh, if you were a corner outfielder, especially if you were a left-handed hitting corner outfielder, uh, you were getting cut today, basically. Um, so there's a lot of those guys out there. There's a, a ton, you know, you have the higher upper echelon uh, free agents, like a Marcelo Zuna who can play corner outfield. Um, and then you have, like you said, Adam Duvall and David Dahl and uh, Kyle Schwarber. And uh, it's just, it's, it's, the, it's a surplus of a position, right? And the Rays still have kind of a, a big um, glut in the outfield. You know, they, they already DFA'd uh, O'Grady and Renfro, and they still have a ton of depth in the outfield. So, uh, yeah, there's more moves to be made. It is interesting, though, looking at the team now, sort of, you know, post the non-tender deadline, now, like, kind of the offseason begins, right? Like, but going into the non-tender deadline, there's still some, like, there's minor moves. There's, you know, basically, this guy's not making the roster. We don't want to pay him. So let's make a trade. Let's just maybe shuffle a piece here and there. Um, but after this, now you sort of have, like, okay, this is all the people we paid. Now it's, who do we want to assemble your team? You're going to maybe move some pieces around. And this sort of starts the, the real offseason. So how do you guys feel about the Rays roster as it's constructed right now? Is, does this Rays team go back to the World Series? 
I think the obvious answer is no, because the catching situation is <laughs> mind-blowing. Right now, the only yeah. catcher on the 40-man roster is an A-ball player in Ronaldo Hernandez, uh, deservingly on the 40-man roster as a, as a prospect who needs to be protected. But, I mean, I'm, I'm cognitively aware that he was on the taxi squad out of necessity and the 40-man roster crunch that happened last year. He is not <laughs> going to be the race starting catcher. Uh, Mike Zunino was cut well, loose. Yeah, so, so right now, if a pitch is thrown it rolls right to the backstop because there's no, there's no major league catcher on the roster. Yeah, so with all right due now, respect to Renee Pinto, who I think is the next man up. <laughs> uh, but, but even not on the 40 man. Um, yeah. I, right now today. Uh, no, I don't think they're ready to, to, to compete for the world series. But like I said, the, the off season begins now. So I think as a starting point, I think the Rays right now, it, you plug in two like replacement level catchers and do nothing else, right? And that's not what's going to happen. But you say you do nothing else, no trades, total freeze, no free agents, no trades, no nothing. Uh, you just plug in two replacement level catchers. This is a playoff team, like as is. This is a ninety win team as assembled. Their rotation right now uh, is projected to be about a thirteen point one uh, WAR on Fangraphs. The Braves rotation, after adding Smiley and Morton, is projected to be about a 12.9. You have a little bit better depth for the Braves, but the top end is way better for the for the Rays with Snell and Glass now. And they also still have a little bit more of a, a length. So it's it's sort of the top two, much, much stronger for the, the Rays. So the Rays rotation the Braves right go now, about six deep. Snell, Glass now, Yarbrough, Fleming. Fleming. And then it's a combination. Uh, they put a bunch of uh, Honeywell, McClanahan, Ryan, McKay uh, as the, the I mean, rest is how, how found the, reacts. What like, big question marks is, is across the board? It. Honeywell, the injury yeah. situation is completely unknown. Um, McKay is not pitching anytime soon after shoulder, exploratory shoulder surgery. We still don't know what the heck that means. Uh, Shane McClanahan was uh, a mess in the playoffs, uh, in my humble opinion. <laughs> like, I, I like to try to track his career against uh, what we got out of David Price. The pedigree is a little different there. Of course, David Price is David Price for a reason. Um, but the, the career trajectory could have been seen as something similar, and McClanahan did not rise to the occasion in the same way that David Price was able to. I'm not saying he should have, but I sure wanted him to. And we didn't get that level of performance. So now I'm starting to think, what did David Price's rookie season look like? And is a Rays team that's competing for the playoffs ready to give the fifth man slot in the same way that the 2009 team was willing to? Well, the 2009 team didn't make the playoffs. So I, it, it, my gut feeling here is that that's an issue. The rotation is an issue. Uh, I don't think you can just slot in Brent Honeywell for Charlie Morton. It doesn't make sense to me. Now, maybe the Rays could roll with that at the start of the season, but then you need a mid-year acquisition. I don't think one of the prospects is going to rise to the occasion. Uh, and I think it's far better to make that acquisition now. I think you need at least one piece between Yarbrough and Fleming uh, at a minimum. Like, I don't think the team has a, a number four right now, and I'm not sure Yarbrough is a number three anyway. E 
Hmm. Well, and that's, and that's the key, right? So that's where I'm saying, I just want to sort of point out, and I don't, and I agree, I think there's still pieces to be made. In fact, I would be shocked if the Rays don't make another seven to 10 moves before the end of the season. Um, but I do think that's an interesting point to look at right now is where are the Rays starting from at this point? And it's, it is to keep in mind that this is a really, 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 really good, well-built team with a lot of options. And now it's a matter of adding on to it, right? If you're already starting at a, a team that has a, a rock solid one, two, and you have a rotation that is still one of the best in baseball, even after losing Charlie Morton, now it's a matter of how do you even improve that even more? And you push down like, oh yeah, maybe Honeywell and Shane and Ryan can all like really perform well. Maybe push those guys out of that rotation. And so that way when injuries occur, which they always will, uh, those, those guys are taking over for, you know, four or five starts, hopefully as the only length of injury and, and instead of the other. So that's the, that's the key depth. You know, there's going to be teams that have a better top end, but then they have no depth behind that. And so if anybody gets injured, they're kind of out. The Rays are in a little bit better spot with that depth, but you still want to keep pushing that depth down. And as Mark Feinson just, uh, he, he tweeted out a couple days ago, the team's making the bigger push. He did, he did list half of all of baseball making a bigger push, but he did mention the Rays uh, with the Mets and, and, and Blue Jays as like teams that are making a big push to sign starting pitchers. Um, so I, I would be surprised if the Rays don't add at least one starting pitcher, maybe even two. Um, but I think they're still in the market for, for a starting pitcher for this rotation. I think the bullpen's probably pretty solid as is, but there's always going to add a couple, you know, a couple of vet pieces here and there. Uh, Ryan Stanek uh, got non-tendered by the Marlins, the original opener, maybe bring him home. Um, but yeah, I think, I think if I'm looking right now, it's catcher and, and starting pitcher, maybe a, a three or four in the rotation and, and two catchers. That's, that's, the, that's my, on my Christmas wish list. Brett, do you agree? <laughs> do you think the Rays are, are close here? I have a little more faith, I think, in this sort of hodgepodge of uh, McClanny, McKay, and uh, um, Honeywell. Oh my God, I almost forgot Honeywell. Jeez, that's embarrassing. I, I think that it really just kind of maybe might take one of those guys to have a stronger than average season that you'd be expecting for them to round out that four or five slot. Um, Fleming, I do sort of agree with the implicit thing that Darby said, which is that Fleming might not be a number four and we might need to see at least more than one starting free agent starting pitcher. Uh, I, I would love to put two starting pitchers, like solid starting pitchers on this team on my Christmas wish list, but I, I, I really don't see – this team paying for more than like one solid starting pitcher, um, which, you know, I guess is, is a bummer <laughs> from my perspective, at least, but I do see one of those three guys like taking a step and becoming a sort of weird three headed Megatron of solid pitching in the back end of a rotation, because again, the talent is there. I mean, I, I'm just a word on Shane McClanahan. I, I want to like, at least throw out a little bit of love to a fellow USF grad. Um, you know, he's got good stuff. He didn't perform very well in the postseason, but if you consider the weirdness of this past postseason and what he was expected to do and the shortened season in general and the fact that he still had a pretty good fastball even in these weird positions and the fact that he's not even a rookie yet, he made his debut in the postseason, I, I, I don't – I'm not – kicking the bucket on Shane McClanahan by any, neither, I'm sure neither one of you guys are either, but I, I certainly don't 
think that his postseason performance is even close to indicative of what his actual true talent level is. And because of that, I'm more than willing to see him play an expanded role as a fifth starter in this next season. I'd like for him not to. I'd like for us to pick up a bunch of starting pitching and then run the table with that. But if it comes down to it, I, that's not where I am concerned. What if the Rays rotation – because Brian Menendez had an interesting idea of saying, just go get Chris Archer, bring him back, let him do what he was doing before, uh, and don't lean on him to be your number one. <laughs> the bad Rays leaned on Chris Archer to be their best pitcher, and it didn't work out. Uh, but if Chris Archer just needs to be your number three, four, one of those, and if the rotation then becomes Snell, your fingers crossed glass now figuring things out, uh, which I believe he will, honestly, that there's too much talent there for it not to all come together. So Snell, glass now, Yarbrough, a re-signed Archer, and then insert McClanahan, Fleming situation. How much more comfortable are you just if that's your free agent signing and that's the only addition to the Rays rotation? I'm intrigued, right? I, th- like, I think it's interesting. Stock. I really am. <laughs> What's wrong with Chris Archer? Archer's your stock has four? fallen. It, nothing at all. And I think Archer's stock has fallen so dramatically, yeah. so quickly. And we cannot forget that this is the Pittsburgh Pirates we're talking about. Yes, Maybe exactly. the worst franchise to like they are causing atrocities to starting pitchers left and right and i feel bad for their fans because they have seen garrett cole and tyler glass now and charlie morton all leave and immediately become tremendously better and then you've seen chris archer go from being a really consistent like three win pitcher you know to being absolutely terrible and so the biggest injury, the biggest issue there is the, is the injury and whether he comes back. But again, I do like the idea of, it, of a lower, you know, come back to an area that he feels comfortable in uh, with a pitching coach that he can feel a little bit comfortable with and maybe no, no pressure, really. Like, he's not the guy, right? Mm-hmm. He can just be, a, you know, an absolutely – you know, awesome number three or number four for this rotation. And that just lengthens the rotation, right? You, you then are just saying Fleming, Honeywell, Shane, McKay, one of you guys come back and do it. And then we have the others as guys we can do spot starts as injuries occur. And just to put a button on what you said, Darby, the Rays did not trade Chris Archer because he was a bad pitcher. They traded Chris Archer because they asked the moon of the Padre of sorry of the Pirates, and the Pirates agreed. The Rays threw out there, we want we we want a glass now, we want Meadows and a sweetener, and the Pirates like, yeah, all right. And then they're like, oh, okay. So they got that. They got the high value trade that they wanted from the Pirates. I mean, we're talking about like Snell trades over here. We're assuming that like. Snell's market value is what he would be traded for. No, the Rays are asking the moon of Snell. They're asking the Mm -hmm. moon likely of every single high value player they have on their roster. Because if a team wants to bite, if they value that player super highly, then they'll pay extra for him and whatever. I, I don't necessarily have a problem with that. I I think that Chris Archer, I mean, you're right about the injury. Everything that we have to think about is tempered by the fact that he did have an injury and that's something to keep an eye on. But Chris Archer is, is not a bad pitcher. He's just a, he's a square peg in a round hole that is the, the pirate system. 
And I think that coming back to the Rays, like you said, as a possible number four or even number five starter with a little bit of pressure off, I think that might do him well. Oh, man, if Chris Archer is the number on five, his way I don't care another... at all. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was on his way to having another, another three-win season at least with the Rays. He was doing really well before he went to the Pirates and it kind of like slipped away from him. He came off before that in 2017, he was a four and a half win pitcher. Like this, this is a guy that has had one really bad year and it was in 2019 and with injury. So yeah. yes, it's, it's been a little while. It's been a couple years since we've seen the good Chris Archer, but like it is, it, Drew Smiley just got a huge deal, right? And that's mostly based off of stuff and hoping that stuff plays up, which I actually don't mind. I think the, the Braves made an interesting signing there. Um, but Chris Archer, I think, would be a similar thing. Now, my, I think that the top, it goes right now, like James Paxton is still available. Now, he's going to be probably pretty expensive. But you see what James Paxton costs. Because James Paxton, I think you, is, I would say, we're, we're the thing with Charlie Morton, right? You're replacing uh, 2021 Charlie Morton. You're not replacing 2019 Charlie Morton. And, it, and it's always really tough because like when we talked about like in the past with the Rays, like replacing the guy that did really well for you, it may not be that same human being. <laughs> you know, his, that next year is not necessarily that person. So you're replacing 2021 Charlie Morton. And I think James Paxson, injuries, injuries are the big issue there, but he's been as good or better. And he has a better upside now. It's also pretty expensive. So you go down the list, you maybe you look at a trade, Lance Lynn, also pretty expensive. You have to trade for him. You then get into that next tier and Garrett Richards, Chris Archer, some injury question mark, bounce back question mark, interesting ceiling question mark for both of them. Cause they have, this is, this is not, wouldn't be shocking to see either of these guys perform at a two to three win pace. Like it would not be shocking. Now, it would be really, I don't think that's the expectation, but that's a, that's a definite thing that you could see happen and not be blown away. And it would be great. It would be a great return on your investment for any of these guys, because I think uh, they're, they're just coming back from injury or coming back from really reduced stock, but they are one season away from being, again, a hot commodity on the free agent market. I mean, I'll definitely agree that James Paxton is the caveat. If James Paxton is available for $15 million, for instance, let's just pick a number, uh, <laughs> and you don't sign him, it's malpractice. Like, you can rearrange things enough to, to get James Paxton on a one-year deal. You're throwing um, around that word malpractice a whole lot with regards to Rays pitching. Yeah, you call I, the inability for the Rays to re-sign Charlie Morton at $15 million malpractice. It was. I don't disagree I'm, with. I don't. I, I don't, but... I, I would love a two-year deal for Paxson with a, a nice loaded second second year. In oh, so you could trade him in the yeah, potentially yeah. You get ten uh, million this year. You get twenty next. Twenty year. million the next year, yeah. And, but I don't think uh, he's we'll trading you when the I season's think, over. I think yeah. Paxton is looking for one year or like five years. I don't think I'm not sure if anybody's giving the five this year. Mm -hmm. So I think he might he might be smarter to do a one year and then and then do it. Um, because I mean, again, this is a this is the thing. Actually, if you go into the net, into the off season, right, and you do say say James Paxson is interested in a one year fifteen million dollar deal, and the Rays did that, they've actually improved over the one year fifteen million for Charlie. I mean, I think I think you can talk about you can maybe question down the line about like postseason and like the intangibles and clutch factor and all that, mm -hmm. but I do think 
just in terms of stuff, I would probably buy James Paxton 2021 versus Charlie Morton 2021 in, in, you know, the, in the act. Mm-hmm. Paxton has had a lot of injuries, but I think that's a really interesting thing. Does maybe make you a little too left-handed heavy in the rotation. I don't know if that's the thing people are worried about. Well, so that's another I thing I was thinking about. Pitcher. And and that's where I, in my brain, I start pushing Fleming down to five. And then I start thinking, oh, well, maybe you option Fleming with McClanahan's up because you can't be too left-handed, but you also just need to play your talent. Right. Right. And I like that now, Paxton with, has the AL East experience. Yeah. And he's, he's performed pretty well. I mean, I think Yankee fans were a little hard on him. Yeah, you know, the Yankees fans are hard on everybody. But I mean, yeah. Sonny Gray lesson. Yeah. 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 There you go. Yeah, now, yeah. catcher is the biggest. Catcher yeah, is the next let's, biggest. Thing. Let's talk about catcher. There's a lot of catchers that became available today. Yeah. They're all okay. Everything's <laughs> just like okay. Kyle Schwarber. But that's, but that's, give him my glove. Put him behind the backstop. Give me Kyle Schwarber. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, that's not my actual take. Uh, what's the Moneyball quote? How, catching's not that hard. It's incredible. Does not matter. Incredibly hard. His fielding does not just, matter. Just or first base. Just give him. Well, just so. give him the, the like hockey pads, like incredibly large hockey pads, and just hope that it just bounces off of them in front of them. Um, yeah. So failing Schwarber getting back behind the plate <laughs> in Brad Phillips's. Uh, uh, kind of galaxy brain move. Um, <laughs> you have you have an old friend on the market as a potential rotation platoon guy and Kurt Casale being cut from the Reds. The Reds cut everybody today. Cut Reds cut everybody. Well, they the, cut the, all of their deadline trade acquisitions. They they it's it's wild. The Reds are also re-signing some of those players. Like they've already re-signed one of their catchers, Farmer, to to come back. I don't see a Casale reunion with the Rays. I think they moved on from him knowing exactly what they had they cut him when he was dirt cheap uh i i i don't see it if they trusted casali they would have held on to him his his glove is passable it it does play well and his bat is really good against left-handed pitching but the rays do really value defense more than like if you're going to be average in one thing they'd rather take the average bat and so i do think he's a little bit lower down um so let's look down the list of like free agent who, who well, is I, a catcher out there that you're looking for so uh if i could invent the race catcher situation right now off of free agents only first i would bring mike zanino back because his um his legacy knowledge of the pitching staff is too valuable now you didn't like him at the rate that he was available at hopefully there was a handshake agreement like hey bud we're gonna you know we're gonna cut you now we're gonna fill the 40 man we'll figure out a couple trades that we need to make and then we'll resign you later that's my hope for Zanino Um, I would love to pair him with Tyler Flowers when you move on from Charlie Morton you need a veteran presence in the in the clubhouse and I don't mean that flippantly I do mean you need uh, guys who've been there who can kind of step up and say, this is how it goes. And also that can guide a pitching staff with a lot of knowledge. And Morton played that role in a very obvious way for the Rays the last couple of seasons. And I think Flowers is the type of free agent, one of the few who can step in and play the same kind of leadership role with what is still a relatively young pitching staff. Um, He didn't have a great season with the Braves in 2020 because he had an elbow injury and Travis Darno was incredible for them. So uh, it kind of made things a little bit weird in his final Braves season. I think it, that would be a brilliant signing. If, if we go into 2021 and the catching tandem is Flowers and Zunino, 
I'm like, wow, great job. That's one of the best defensive catching tandems in baseball, yeah. by the way, if that's the case. I mean, I, I have been a huge Tony, uh, Tyler Flowers fan because of that defense, right? You know, he's getting older, so maybe that defense slips. He, he had maybe his, his weakest defensive season last year, but it, it's 2020. It was a very small sample, and I'm going to throw it and immediately into the trash. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to throw it immediately into the trash and never even think about it again because the last few years he's been one of the very best at the catching position, doing the thing that the name of the position is, catching. So, yeah, I like Tyler Flowers. Brett, who, who's, a, who's a, a guy out there that you would be like, I want him behind the plate? And you can't say Kyle Schwarber. Oh, I, I thought I did already. I am honestly okay with Zunino. Uh, I, I, I wish I would have liked to have seen him come back. Um, would you go Zunino Hernandez? That's too bold for me, I think. <laughs> that's too i just i don't i too don't like spicy. too spicy yeah coming from the guy who wants kyle schwarber as catcher i think that hernandez is the as the the short side of the catching platoon is is a little i i i think that hernandez is finally the raised catcher the homegrown catcher that we've been wanting for a decade now and i want to give him every chance he can get to get the seasoning that he needs and i if that means like put him on a pedestal and surround him with like cushions and pillows and give him a golden crown, then that's fine. But uh, I, I would like to see Hernandez in 2022. Yeah. If there's still yeah. society in 2020. Yeah. Who knows? So here, here are some other options that are out there. And I'm not going to say these as options uh, as people that I would say like are really necessarily options, but here are people that you could sign if you wanted to. Uh, Wilson Ramos. Hmm cannot defend anymore really Mm -mm. it's it's he is he is only 33 but it's a really hard 33 he's been catching in the majors for a long time uh you have uh you have technically jt romuto but he's gonna absolutely break the bank he's probably the best hitter and the phillies are already crying poor about that so they're not going to bring him back um you have kurt suzuki getting really up there in age uh always been a solid platoon guy though can can do that but you know uh, Robinson Chirinos, he looked pretty shot last All, year. Yeah, I'm trying to throw a lot of 2020. Yeah. The one that really got away. Uh, James McCann, only 31 option there. That's not bad. Solid defense. Uh, and you also have Jason Castro, who 34 has always been a great framer, maybe one mm-hmm. of the better framers in baseball. Um, left-handed, so could really pair well with a Tyler Flowers or a Mike Zunino uh, if you want to do a strict platoon there. Um, so good, good, good glove, uh, decent bat. Again, these are none of these guys are really hitting the snot off the ball, but they won't kill you. They're not Tony Walters, who's very good well, defensively, well, but and when when you think about Ray's moves, Tony Walters is kind of like, oh dear, he's a free agent. <laughs> They're gonna do it, aren't they? They're gonna pull a Sucre. <laughs> yeah, Sucre uh, would double the WRC plus. <laughs> I, I, well, that's why I started walking it backwards. I was like, well, technically, it is a step up. Yeah. There are some options there. There is a that you can make, yeah. and there's a trade market. There really is a trade market, as you know, JT Morgan has put on the site uh, this off season. Yeah. So Tom Murphy of the Mariners is not an is it kind of an interesting catcher option in the Mariners? And uh, if we're if we're going for a, a Mariners catcher, bring me uh, Cal Raleigh. That's who I want. Ooh, 
not a feel like there's some uh some college bias behind that. <laughs> uh, go Knowles. <laughs> It's been a, it's been a, a not a great day for former Knowles uh, collegiate <laughs> athletes. So I guess that's a good one for that and one. And has not Sean Gilmartin getting thrown out of the White House for not wearing a mask? Good job. It was very, it was who of nice us haven't been thrown out of the White House though? Honestly, it was nice for him to wait to be a, a no longer a Ray before he like causes a, a crisis. <laughs> yes, exactly. A domestic crisis. And and it got it gave uh, it gave Mark Topkin one of the best leads today. With the uh, another another shaky or bad appearance for Gil Martin, um, <laughs> another so, another poor appearance. So the catching market is, I think, the biggest question mark, right? Because we did mention there's the Rays don't have a, a a catcher and they don't have a backup catcher right now. But the good news is there's a lot of options and they're all in the Rays price range too. And in fact, with because the Rays are very eager to do platooning, I actually think the catching. It's a matter of getting, you know, it's a it's a musical chairs type of situation. You want to have a chair at the end. I think there's a really good catching tandem for the Rays. And until we get that, it's going to be stress. <laughs> but there there is a bunch of really cool options. And I think my, my favorite option right now is maybe Real Muto and Castro, because it's the cleanest one. But Real Muto and Flowers, that's also a number great one. If you take... Uh, but yeah, we're not going to get that. Neither we're of those. Yeah, wait, what are we doing? Yeah. So where, where, where do we go with that? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not? You tr- what, once you well, when I think about money, replacing right? Kevin Kiermeyer, Mike Trout would be okay. Yeah. Can we put no, Buster no, Posey I, in a time machine and, and get him to play for the twenty? Yeah. No. What I meant. What I meant was Zunino. Different weird last name. Zunino, Castro, Flowers. So you you did not mean to say one of these two. Ramuto the Ramuto. whole time. You were no. meaning to say Zunino. Yes. All right, I Different funny last name. So Zunino, Flowers, Castro. Two of those three. Don't really care which of those. I kind of like Zunino just because he's, you know, he is the, I, I think you made a good point with, he knows the staff, he, he has that familiarity. But mm-hmm. if you get two of those three, I think you've had a pretty good, I think you have a good catcher setup. He also can't be that bad offensively, right? Like he can't be that bad. It's been every year I feel right? like Zunino has been on the, like he, it's gonna be breaking out again. Guys, like it's, guys, he, he is can't the, be that bad, right? <laughs> okay, so he's we, the rebound candidate with, every year. With, with the time we have left here, we've pointed out the two obvious parts of the roster that need changes. Is there anywhere else uh, that you think the Rays need to shake the snow globe a bit and and let things kind of fall? Are you comfortable with Joey Wendell starting third baseman, for instance? I'm comfortable with. Yandy Diaz starting third baseman mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and yeah. and Wendell and yeah. and a com a combo there. I'm uh, I'm so curious I about mean, Yoshi because Yoshi's I think third still base around. Could be there. Uh, oh, I mean, and I it's all see- it's also awkward because it's just placeholder for Franco, right? Right. The all the whole right. team. The whole team the whole, is the whole team. Every position is yeah. a placeholder for a prospect. <laughs> it's right it's now. it's wander every all the way down. No, I. That's the thing with third base, right? I, I think Yandi and Wendell is a pretty decent platoon at third base. And you really only have to do that for a little bit. And, and Yoshi, then, and then you have Yoshi's that. there to waiting he, to do he something. Can, he, can, he can pop into there. Is Yoshi your DH? Is Austin Meadows your DH? Um, that's where the, the center field situation gets weird too because is Manuel Margot in center field or is he in right field? 
it, it's uh it's weird I, the rays need to clear out some pieces anyway because you can't add any catchers with the 40 man in the state that it's in um we definitely have some trades ahead of us it would not shock me if yanni chirinos is traded uh and you find a team that's willing to to house him on the 40 man for uh and you just wish him the best it wouldn't shock me if it was like the orioles who wanted to do that you know what i mean um I bet you could get some value back. And I think that there's a couple of places on the roster where you just need to think about, do I really need Trevor Richards uh, when I have as many prospects that are capable of playing a long man role or stepping into the rotation? Um, with, with, with Trevor Richards, he was a guy that I think we, I, I was thinking could be a, a non-tender candidate, but he's, he's too good to be a non-tender. It's like kind of a tough spot, but I mm-hmm. could see an Austin Pruitt type trade, right? Trade him to a team that actually has a spot and then just decide and just mm-hmm. be like, all right, we just need this roster spot. We'll get something back in the, in the lower minors that we don't need to add for a while. And uh, I mean, and for the rest of the depth, can, can you turn Nate Lowe into value? If you're, if, if G man Troy is locking down first base and preventing a worthwhile prospect from stepping up to the major league level. And I think rightfully so because Troy's a star. And I do think that you need to consider that and the people aspect of that matters. Can you turn Nate Lowe into something? And what does he become if you move him? Or is the center field situation get rid of everybody and just bring Josh Lowe up? I mean, the no mercy would be uh, Josh and Nate Lowe get promoted and then you trade Kiermaier, Margot, and you trade Choi, and then you really have an angry fan base. <laughs> Low down, dirty scoundrels. It's tough. It's There's a, a tough lot of moves to be made. This is this is just the start, and the non-tender deadline just sort of uh, pushed us pushed us forward. And you don't want to break it. This is a World Series team, and you don't you you do want to send it back as much as you can. All right. Well, it's good to be running it back with you fellas. I think we should end it there. Uh, the non-tender deadline was not the massacre we thought it would be. And uh, that's good, but now the Rays need to make some trades. So it'll at least be interesting. Oh, well. <laughs> it's always interesting with this team. I know. The, they, the, the they, they test you every offseason. Starts up. Every offseason. Off it's like, oh, am I still going to be a Rays fan? <laughs> when this is over. <laughs> we all have that moment. Oh, man. Okay, well, on behalf of Darby and Brett, thank you for listening to the hit show. What 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 does Brett Rutherford want me to say next? Uh, Hit that, smash that like button? I don't know. Rate? (laughs) Review? Hopefully the outro music is Review us on iTunes. It's the best way to get the word out about the podcast. Wait, no, listen on Spotify so that we're in your uh, year in review, and then when you put it on social media, people are like, ooh. Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts is an option too. Apple Podcasts is what I use, so. Apple Podcasts. (laughs) Oh boy. The outro music is just draining on right now. Brett Rutherford, I'm so sorry that you have to edit all this nonsense. Bye, guys. Mm